What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. We are back once again, Tuesday episode, Wade's in kind of Connor O'Neill here. Um, man, exciting week. Lots of stuff to cover off this week. We've got a new segment we're going to get into. Uh, you're going to recap our weekend. Lots of U Sports noise going on uh, in, in the big leagues this week. And uh, yeah, should be a fun one today. So I don't know. Where do you want to start with this one? Should we start with our fantasy award of week two, the CFP Fantasy League? Oh, yeah, we should. We really we really should start on this one. After two weeks, uh, the leaderboard had a slight change as I usurped Connor on the podium in third place. Uh, big play by uh, by the squad of Nate Bahar and Jalen Acklin that <laughs> carried me through the weekend. Man, did it ever. Uh, but Daryl and uh, Ray Perkin still holding the top two spots, but the lead is very slight. It's a two-point edge Man. for Daryl. And then I am now breathing down their necks just like 13 points off of Ray. I don't know if I would call that breathing down their necks, but considering how far away everyone else I would, was, I would say I'm week, I would say I'm breathing down your neck. I would say that I passed you're through. a hop skipping away from them. But considering how far ahead they were after the first week of action, uh, yes. I think that is a pretty substantial to see uh, to see the changes. But they are still holding strong in those top two spots. If you guys still would like to join in our CFL Fantasy Football League, uh, it is Canadian Football Perspective. You can search it to Public League. Join in as you please. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk fantasy from last week because I had a, had a nice nice time with Gino Lewis. We debated it. <laughs> and you did it. And you did it. We debated scavenging up the cash to bankrupt yourself and buy Gino Lewis. And oh man, did it pay off? <laughs> it did. It certainly did. How good did it feel? Based off that play basically alone, um, I think that's what jumped you ahead of me. Probably. You you had the confidence to pull that trigger. I did not. And look what happens. Trial and error. And we're not going back because <laughs> I don't want to spend that much money anymore. No. No. Well, the, if you, there's some low value options that I could take, but let's get I into mean, it. Let's start there. Low value option. Well, we can't we can't give away too much. I still well, have I emoji of the week. Thing. Give me give me your I emoji player that that you have your little two eyes on right now. Oh, James Walter Jr. He's getting over 10 touches a game. Uh in the first game against BC, he was great out of the backfield. Uh, at 6000 bucks. I mean, I don't think there's a running back that's... <laughs> Receiving option as well. Yeah, and that's that's the main reason I, I have done this one is, uh, like, if you look at the running backs list for 6000 bucks, you're getting Sean Thomas Erlington, who I will deny from this last week after he uh, dropped that eventual interception. Um in overtime, but you get him at 6,100, and then the next best is Brady Oliveira, where Winnipeg doesn't seem to have a run game. Cameron Artis Payne, uh, and Jeshon Antwi, and Walter Fletcher. So you've got three Montreal running backs all hovering around 5,000 bucks. Um, so for me, it's just a, it's a value, right? Like I get a starting running back who's a great asset out of the backfield, and yes, Sean Thomas Erlington dropped that last play. But he still had seven for 72 uh, through the air. I think James Wilder Jr. can do that in the air as well. I just, Nick Arbuckle looked 
better last week, so I'll I'll, I'll give it a chance. All right, all right, fair Probably enough. Probably going to be enough. my undoing, but okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess he kind of sold me a little bit. Um, early guy, I got. I'm looking at here six thousand, just a hair under seven thousand. Uh, Jamal Murrow, man, he had a good good week too. Did. Good week oh, too. Man. I was um, and help. like despite the the rushing in week one, he still was a like a, as, as we talk about receiving threats, he still was a good receiving option for fantasy uh, out of the backfield in, in week one with sixty one yards. So um, again, he's Saskatchewan's playing Montreal this week. When you look at like Kadeem Carey um, in in week one against Montreal, sixty and two touchdowns. Uh, I like the fantasy upside with Jamal or Jamal Morrow early in the week here. Oh, that's a, you know what? He was very nice to have on your team last week, <laughs> man. Um, yeah. Like I had, I had Jamal Morrow, Shaq Evans. I, I believe if you took the, the Saskatchewan defense, they were another like 12 or 13 points. Yeah. I had them going. I picked on Edmonton last week. I played like three or four rough riders. <laughs> Maybe that should be the game plan is just to find whoever is playing Edmonton and stack up. But how so, happy uh, were you if you spent the money on Kenny Lawler? 150 and a touchdown? Yeah, and shout out to uh, Brent Stevens with the Edmonton Elks, formerly of the Calgary Dinos, uh, catching that on his on his camera from the goal line. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a yeah, that was a heck of a shot. Um, but yeah, let's get into the recap of last week here. Yeah, uh, what so game you want me to start at? Just Wade's, team me up and we'll go. Wade's weekend. Uh, we are doing Wade's weekend recap here. Uh, man, let's just start off. Give me give me Thursday through Saturday. Recap me your weekend. Starting with where you were, how you watched it, the whole nine. <laughs> Give me a second. I know you were there in in Ottawa, so we will get to that. I want to hear all about that. Uh, we're gonna start with the Thursday night game, and all I have to say is, Wait, the Bears are what we thought they were. What what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason? Like it's We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them on the... And that is directed at one Vernon Adams Jr. That's that's how we're starting this week. I, I texted Connor last week. Uh when Montreal was playing their opener against Calgary. And I was like, VA is just not. I, I was listening to the breakdown with Marsh and DT. And DT said something that I, I was just like, you have, you have the exact same frame of thought for me. And that is, I want Vernon Adams to be so good, so badly that it hurts. But it's just not it. And like he's not getting a fair shake because he threw four passes and they're like, yep, you're gone. So if you want a little bit of extra context, check out this clip from DT and Marsh on last week's breakdown. So this is uh, my fear. And again, I'm, I'm piecing this together as somebody who didn't tune in until the fourth quarter of this football game. And I, so I'm going back through Twitter to find out why is VA out? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, what was his stat line? Two for four? Okay. I two for four for I, 14. I, yeah. I didn't see the two for four and I didn't see the couple of runs that he had as well. But I can piece together there that I, I assume he played poorly enough that it was validated and 
I haven't gone back through and watched the game as of yet, but this is my fear of connecting the dots from the things that we've seen reported and the things that I saw in the fourth quarter is that if Danny is interested in coaching, he's down on the sideline last night. I had somebody text me that like he was, there was a shot of him on the sideline last oh, night. I didn't see, but that would have been a, so and oh I, again, I, I just got texted that by a friend. So I don't know if that's actually true or not. So I could be totally wrong, but if he was on the sideline last night, there was a moment in the fourth quarter where TSN cut to a sideline shot of Kahari and he was coaching so hard. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but he was coaching in a way that was uh, almost like when you, you see somebody who knows that they're at risk of losing their girlfriend in high school. And so they're like showing up with flowers and let me take you out to lunch and let me hold your hand in public. So everybody knows that you're my girlfriend and nobody else's girlfriend. And it's like, that's what it felt like to me was let me make a show of like, I'm doing everything I can possibly do to make this work. And I'm, and my fear is because two for four is not enough time for you to pull Vernon Adams jr. Again, without seeing those snaps, yeah. It's not enough time, in my opinion, for you to pull a quarterback and say, we need to give Trevor Harris an opportunity in this game to spark us. And my fear here is that I see the combination of him coaching super hard. And I also hear that Danny Machocha is on the sideline. And we also hear that Danny Machocha wants Trevor Harris to be the guy. Is Kahari playing Trevor Harris way too quickly in that spot? Because his opinion is either I can keep my job and play the guy that the general manager wants to play quarterback or I can lose my job and have that other guy that wants to be the head coach, be the head coach, and he'll just play his quarterback anyways. All right. The, the part in there about Kahari Jones coaching up someone so hard and being so worried about getting his job taken has created this chaos. And I cannot emphasize this enough. The quarterback room has been in chaos since training camp, since Vernon Adams threw his thousand interceptions in the preseason and Kahari Jones didn't acknowledge after the game who his starting quarterback was. And he was kind of like, Oh uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see later on. And then had to come out later in the week and say, Nope, VA is our guy. Are you sure? Cause it, if he was your guy, you could have just answered that as he walked off the field to me, Vernon Adams is going to be a trade piece later in this year. Uh, they're going to run roll with Trevor Harris. Uh, I mean, Yes, it was in relief, so the defense had not schemed for Trevor Harris. But uh, <laughs> the the fact that he came in and dropped, what, pretty near 300? Like, the uh, <laughs> the 300-yard passing performance from Trevor Harris on the Argos while VA had to sit there on the bench was just I, – I think there's no way that this team can struggle like they did early and see the coaching staff's lack of trust in Vernon Adams and still back him. Like, you know what I mean? Like you've been on team Connor, like not talking CFL, just in general, you've been on a team where you have a quarterback that's playing and you're like, your guys are like, he ain't it. Like you like the guy, you really want the guy. uh, You really want the guy to succeed, but there's someone that's sitting behind him that, you know the coaching staff seems to trust a bit more. And I don't know if this is Machocha's influence that's causing them to trust Trevor Harris more, but he just takes care of the ball. And you can't win games with turnovers. 
it's touchdowns, not turnovers. And that's what Trevor Harris brings to this team. And I think players are starting to see it as much as they love VA and as much as VA worked to fly the receivers out and work with them all off season. Trevor Harris isn't making those mistakes and Trevor Harris is earning the trust of the coaching staff, the trust of the players around him. And it might help that Machocha is kind of breathing down the neck of Kari Jones saying, Trevor Harris, please. Trevor Harris, please. But it's just like, like, have you not had that situation where you just, you can't have those turnovers because the locker room starts to kind of go like, especially as a defensive player, like both of us, you get off a long drive, you get a nice stop, finally get some breathing room, pick. The whole defense just goes, oh, like, really, man? Seriously, like, right now you had to throw that? Like what? What say you on the on the on the quarterback issues that we've seen? Like like your own experience, quarterback issues. Oh yeah, to your point about like <clears throat> being on the field or like off the field as like a DB. Like let's say yeah, it is like I don't know. We've we've been in situations like together over summer ball, and I'm sure you've been in like situations with your own team or like in university where uh, like you get. There's a goal, nice, nice goal line stop. And then like, it, it doesn't even really matter who it is. Honestly, like, it can be your like kicker, your third string, your fifth string, right. your fourth yeah. string, your whoever throws the interception, fumble, whatever turnover, like that is just deflating as like a former mm. defensive player. Like, you know that too. Like, or, or even not even a turnover, but a quick two and out where yeah, something you take that a bad happens. sack and then you try to roll out and make something happen and nothing does. Right. Yeah. Like, just two quick plays that the quarterback just kind of like for VA's sake, say he, say he rolls out and tries to scramble and throws the ball way off target on first down. Yeah. Then they're at second and long and he takes a bad sack. And all of a sudden the defense is going to start with even worse field position than they did before two plays ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, you know, as well as I do, like in those situations, like again, like in a hypothetical where you do like, I don't know, let's say it's like a, eight play 60 some yard drive and you make a nice stop on the line on the goal line and then again yeah something happens quick play quick tune out whatever turnover and then you're like oh shoot i gotta put my helmet back on and i'm back out there and we gotta defend from like the 35 in now and like you're like i'm dogged my legs are tired and that's when as a defense you're tired you've just been on the field for 60 yards eight plays your legs are a little bit little bit wobbly you didn't get enough water whatever it is big plays are likely to happen against you in those situations and that's where um like especially for us like playing like teams it got a little bit yeah you may not notice it in say for this instance week two you may not notice the fatigue from a defense having to do that quick turnaround but as the season goes on that quick turnaround bites and it is not fun uh <laughs> no matter how many summers you spend on the side of the 417 just doesn't get ready for <laughs> late um, week football man or late 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 <laughs> fall late fall yeah, football yeah to to counter this though counter my own points though with VA you were not in a position as the coaching staff to make that pull that early and if if you are making your poll that early, you must have a severe lack of trust in him. And he shouldn't have been your starter from week one anyways. If that's the little 
That's if that's how little trust you had in someone, because you weren't even losing that badly, right? Like, yeah, it was it was still four three when Trevor Harris came in. So you're a rouge away from tying that game. You get the ball on your own twelve yard line, and the coaching staff's like, "Yeah, sorry, we don't trust you to not." take care of the ball and get a first down or two here so we can be in a better punting situation. Like, seriously, that's, that's how little you think of this man as your quarterback. To me, that, that just screams like you never had the starting job to begin with. It was more of a formality for you. Um, if that's how quick the wolves turn, right? Like a wolf is loyal until it's hungry. Right. And they want to win that badly that they're willing to pull the gun at and shoot at four, Four three at the start of the second quarter on your quarterback that you've named your starter. It's week two, man. Like you guys were in your first game, you're in the second game. It's early. What's why so quick? But uh, we'll move on now to the Friday night game, where I was one of few people in Ottawa cheering for the back to back Grey Cup champions. Um, yes, I do not cheer for Ottawa whenever I go to the Red Blacks games. I cheer for good football. And uh, <laughs> although Ottawa was dominating the first quarter, they went over in the red zone. Uh, that to me, <laughs> I'm just like, nope, we're done. <laughs> you got so many chances in the red zone. You got to be able to convert at least one of them, right? The thing I like most, though, about Winnipeg <laughs> is their damn commitment to the lack of run game that they had. No matter how poorly it was going, I don't think they. Uh, I don't think they even had a. No, they had no rushers over fifty yards. So they had uh, Augustine with forty three, Oliveira with forty eight, uh, Dembski with twenty one, which was had a nice twelve yard run in that, uh, and then Drew Brown with three QB sneaks. Um, <laughs> their commitment, though, they still had twenty three carries. So they had 23 carries for just over 100 yards. So if you put that on one running back here in the NFL, you're like, wow, that's great. Like nice inline runner, five yards of carry, five-ish. Um, but Oliver is averaging three and a half yards per carry. Not bad, but in three down football, that's uh, it's pretty tough to pretty tough to have. But at the same time, Ottawa. Well, who's our favorite player on Ottawa, Connor? Mike Pelios. Oh well, yeah, Big Z's up there, and and Keaton's up there too. But oh, oh, but uh, there's a certain uh, person whose name ends with R. Does it also happen to be his position on the field? It is now his position on the field, his rightful position on the field. Mr. Nate Bahar, Bahar, Bahar. R. Bahar, R. Add extra R's to the end because <laughs> that is where this man should have been playing for the last three years of CFL football. Um, Nate Bahar, have a night. Seven targets, seven catches, 91 yards, 21 of them after the catch. I mean, come on. He's in there battling with ends, linebackers, cracking, sealing, uh, pass pro, doing it all. And then he also goes out and almost puts up 100 on the back-to-back Grey Cup champions. Nate Come Bahar, on. wonderful human, friend of the show. Please go back and listen to his episodes. They're great. Uh, yeah, no, I was very, yeah. I mean, I will like, 
fan out a little bit uh, just because he is like has been on the show. Great guy. We, it was awesome to see him uh, have a night like that. But almost 100 yards, man. But this is what he would have looked like last year if they had a quarterback. Because <laughs> he was still getting like five or six targets a game last year. But they just were not. <laughs> they weren't it. But uh, this year with Mazzoli, I mean, what? He have like five or six grabs last week, seven grabs this week. Um, he's just haul- inhaling passes. And he's making the most after the catch, too. He's getting out into the middle and deeper routes. So, um, those Carlton receivers, man, they love their yak. They love it. <laughs> it just must be something in the water on that side of Ottawa. Uh, um, but no, I mean, they're red blacks. Justin Hardy had 10 targets. <laughs> That's their fourth receiver, fifth receiver, if you want to count Shaq Johnson as well. Um, but Justin Hardy, 10 reception or 10 targets. Darvin Adams had six. Ackland had eight. Bahar had seven. Um, they're spreading the ball out to their guys. And it's efficient, man. I think Mazzoli, uh, 71% completions on the day. <laughs> uh, but no, with Ottawa, like, red zone, red zone offense is so tight, so finite, so refined. It's just going to take time. And I think Red Blacks fans are getting frustrated with – Losing close games, but please remember, Red Blacks fans, you weren't in close games the last two two uh, CFL seasons. So, uh, to me, the fact they're in these close games, it's red zone struggles, which are going to continue. They just will spend more time in practice it and repping it each week, and it'll get more chemistry. It'll get more uh, refined, and it'll it'll translate onto the field. The issue I have in this game is that Ottawa had a chance to win this late. Until a certain Laval Rouge or linebacker, who shall remain nameless, but he does wear 32, um, came in. First of all, pump block. When you have a minute, what, 15 left on the clock, you did not need to run a pump block if you're Ottawa. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to run the pump block, it hit home, except the player didn't lay out for the kick. So they missed the timing on the kick and then continue to just run in a straight line through the kicker well after he kicked it. Like, come on. Come on. I I was at training camp when they worked on blocking kicks. So it was extra frustrating to see that's how they ended up losing the game. And that's how they got it iced. Um, we want to talk about, holy F, come on. Hamilton, 24 to 3 lead at the half, and they lost in overtime 33 to 30. Man, uh, I know that Bo Levi Mitchell has a great uh career record against <laughs> against the Tie Cats, but seriously, it was 17-0 after the first. Um, and like Dane Evans, like no fault of his own, the last pick in overtime, straight through the hands of uh Sean Thomas Erlington. Uh the fumble on the third and inches. Um, honestly, like, why was Dane in there for the QB sneak? I thought we had uh, – I thought you guys had two other quarterbacks on the roster that could do that, uh, especially given Dane's injury history over the last year and a bit. But I thought Dane Evans played great. Threw the ball 51 times, man. 51 times. Uh his completion percentage was just under Mazzoli's. 
three touchdowns. Uh, all the people that were kind of laughing at Dane Evans in week one against Saskatchewan, saying like, oh, wow, Hamilton, you really picked him over Mazzoli. Uh, Dane Evans was kind of like, checkmate. Okay. Yes, they lost, but it was it was a great performance from him. I mean, Tim White, 14 targets, 11 receptions. Um, yet Jake Burt even got in on the action, Connor. What? The number one overall pick from 2021 who replaced Nikola Kalinic. Um, but no, I I'm a I think that Ty Cats fans are probably much more relieved seeing Dane Evans have that kind of performance. I mean his longest completion of the day was uh, 38 <laughs> yards, but he ended up with 425 on the day. So um, as for Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, 66% completion, which is better than last week, uh, but he's still got 28 of 42 on the day. Uh, I thought Bo just kind of turned it on. There's something that happened at half, must have been, where he just kind of went, all right, we're just going to trust my guys to go out and make the plays. And, I mean, you saw that with the uh, Luther Hakanavanu touchdown as well, right? Just throwing it up, let the big body guy just go and make a play. Uh, so the former York line did just that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I was pretty happy with uh, with both teams. Like, obviously you hate blowing that lead, and it's going to be a big point on how they rebound this upcoming week uh, playing against Winnipeg, who, I mean, let's face it, Last two CFL seasons have ended with Hamilton losing to the Bombers. So that'll be a big test for them to rebound. Uh, could kind of set the tone for the early season. And then the Elks. Oh, the Elks, Connor. They did not pull a quarterback this week. No, they did not. It was Nick Arbuckle <laughs> the whole game. They trusted him. Um they trusted him well. And I mean, Kenny Lawler, <laughs> what a catch that was. We talked about that off the hop, but I'm more impressed with uh, Fajardo 2026, 20, one touchdown, 247. Um, to me, man, he's, if we are going to crown an MOP through two weeks of the CFL season, it's, it's, it's Fajardo only because Rourke has only played one game. That is, that is why. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I I think uh, like the receiving core, Mitchell Pickton just came out of nowhere and just was like, oh yeah, four knobs for uh, 50 yards and a touchdown. Like, but with KSB, Shaq Evans, if Duke Williams played I'm, or plays, they add to that Jacob Prawl, and then you get Jamal Morrow as a receiving threat out of the backfield. They're just so loaded offensively. Um, it's just kind of like, a, all right, contain us as long as you can, but we're going to get our points and you're not going to be able to stop it at some point uh so i was i was pretty impressed with saskatchewan as a result of those four games though wade's wagers suffered two losses this week and then rallied like the calgary stampeders did because of the stamps to finish two and two on the week so we are now at six two and one uh i would like to thank boris bd for uh <laughs> for <laughs> for uh helping out the Owls betters throughout the week, but I would also like to say, damn you to Boris Beatty because I was not an Owls better this week for once. Uh, we'll uh, we'll make amends though pretty soon, I'm sure. An exciting week. It was definitely an exciting week. Uh, can't wait for week three, uh, week four. I think we're going to be at one. Oh yeah, week four. We're at the uh, BC Lions at Ottawa Red Blacks because yeah, I mean, we'd... 
let we get to see our rock. guy Kid Canada in action. Are we making Kid uh, Canada shirts? Uh, we can damn well try. Uh, shout out to <laughs> the, your parents for graciously offering you those tickets and you for oh, no, graciously they, uh, offering me they, to go. They got the tickets because Eric Church moved his concert off of Canada Day to ah. the night before. And they're like, mm, yeah, Eric Church. I was like, well, CFL, please. <laughs> so we will be going to uh, see Nathan Rourke live in action be hyped up oh i'm very excited man i'm excited like that'll be my first cfl game this season first cfl game since last year's hamilton toronto final oh yeah the east excited final. yeah you went to that with riley oh, i was very close to catching a ball very close <laughs> sitting in that end zone for a reason if you are somehow listening to this there will be two people in section c row uh 12 that will be wearing orange and black and are big fans of yours. So if you have a, a ball you want to whip up into there, I, I can assure you one of us will catch it. <laughs> if, if, if you want. Um, I got to say one, one cool story before we move on to like introduce our new segment for the last kind of segment of the week here. Uh, I got a cool story um, that I was told this week. It is CFL related a little bit, uh, which is awesome. Uh, so one of my pals that I used to work at, um, at Mazda with, uh, his youngest son now is starting to get into football or starting to like be of the age where he wants to look at football, likes football, that type of deal. So, um, I think it was the Argo. Yeah. It had to have been the Argos cause Deontay Knight was there. So the Argos, I guess, are doing little like kind of introduction introduction to football camps uh like i'm sure other teams too bc does a great job of like outreach and Mm -hmm. i know edmonton does as well so there's i believe all the cfl teams do in their in their communities but um for those who don't know belleville is a little town between basically between ottawa and toronto uh 45 minutes west of kingston about 45 minutes west of kingston um so they were doing like a little intro to football camp Deontay Knight, second round pick was there. Uh, Pinball was there. Some other members of the organization, some other, you know. Also picks. some Ottawa GGs, if I'm not mistaken. Ben Maricel, the quarterback, and yes. St. Pierre were also there. Yep, they were there as well. Um, so my pal's son was at the camp, and I guess it was like a really great experience for him. Um, he had a great time. He got very much interested in football. Um, so I just kind of wanted to tell that story cause I thought it was, it was pretty cool. Young, young, new fan getting introduced to the CFL and CFL football. So, uh, just thought that was kind of a little heartwarming story of the week to share with, uh, with our listeners. Cause I thought that was, that was great, but new segment, we got a new segment to talk about here. So Wade, I will let you kind of run it down. What are we doing? Exciting news. Hey, it's your it's your new idea. It's your baby. What are you getting me to run it down for? I just talked. I guess fine. I'll run it down. I just well, I just like I feel bad. I just like told told this rambly story, but it's um, okay. I rambled I, on about four football games. Wow, <laughs> ah, fair enough. I agree. Yeah, I did graciously bow out. Um, so yeah, so new segment here on CFP. We're gonna be doing this uh once or twice a week, depending on what go- what's going on, how busy we are. Uh, but basically, we are going to be doing a U Sports wish list. Uh, we have yet to decide where we want to start, whether we want to start on the West Coast or the East Coast. Uh, but we will be going through team by team, conference by conference, 
once a week, we'll pick a conference. We'll go through every team. Uh, we will get you guys a wish list, so to speak, uh, of one thing that we want to see uh, going into the new season for basically every team. In, it will cover every team in eSports by the time we're done with it. And uh, by the time we're done with it, we're gonna I'm going to collect it all, put it into a little article that Wade and I will contribute to and dump that on the CFP site, all our socials, stuff like that. Um, also note on this as well, early note, and I'm sure we'll recap this, uh, but the OUA, uh, I know the OUA is not going to be divided into groups again this year. We're, We're not, not doing no 11 OUA East and West in one episode is what Connor is getting. Yes, <laughs> we are going to, for the sake of, uh, for the sake of it being a big conference, we're just going to split the OUA in two. So we're just going to basically do, I don't even know if we'll call it East and West. Maybe we'll just call it OUA, a OUA part B. one part two. Yeah. There whatever it is. Um, but it is not a representation of how we think the OUA should be divided that we can then get grilled on and later be very correct about. Uh, I'm just going to leave that there. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be should be a fun idea. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, in terms of a wish list, I mean, can we ask for new uniforms or like are we just asking for strictly like on the field coaching? I think we might need to have an off-air meeting about this what is this wish list going to cover i i honestly think it can cover uh whatever we want it to or we can do kind of like one like analytical wish and then one kind of like fun wish okay or is it like a genie in a bottle type deal and we get three wishes i think that's too many for every single team that'd be like that'd be 90 over 90 wishes yeah yeah so (laughs) so no we won't i don't think we'll do that (laughs) Probably not, but uh, no, I'm I'm excited for this, and uh, we'll we'll definitely get to it next Tuesday. So this is just a little tease promo for it. But if you guys want to catch up on your gambling, as we have the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, uh, the Avalanche. We are recording this before Game Three, by the way, because Game Three I think tips off like right or puck drop is right now. I'm saying tip off because I'm still thinking NBA. Oh, man. Okay, wait. Before you continue on with this ad read, because I have yet to get to do this, and I missed the game, unfortunately, but I was still able to catch kind of like some of the celebration stuff. First off, put the Steph Curry stuff to bed. He's one of the best of all time. Rest, rest, one of the best of all time. He's now got four. He's got his finals MVP. Put him in the hall. Steph Curry to bed. Put him in the hall. He was already going. I know, but now it is definitive. It was definitive before. It's definitive anyways. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, nice to see that guy get a bleeping ring. Uh, for those who don't know, outside of the Toronto Raptors, uh, when the Toronto Raptors are not in the playoffs, uh, I am a massive Steph Curry fan. Not to mention they had Jordan Poole on that roster too. Go blue. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. You can continue. I haven't gotten to do that yet this week, so I just need you know to take, what? take my moment. The uh, the first day I got to my master's, my prof had a big uh, scarlet red O school. Oh, his... no. Garbage. He is born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and oh went my to God. the Ohio State University. Connor, poor soul. I was thinking of you when I, cause I was just about born to Born and raised in, like, literally the worst state in America. Not even the state. Uh, I guess Cleveland's not as bad as Cincinnati. So we got lucky there. But uh, if you guys want to get in on your gambling with the Stanley Cup finals, 
or next week's CFL action, make sure you head over to Cool Bet Canada. Uh, I will be putting out my wages again on Thursday before kickoff. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But Cool Bet Canada has a ton of different sports and daily boosted odds. So go ahead and check that out. Cool Bet Canada, the best sports book in Canada. What else we, we got? Do Fox 40. I think that's it. Pardon? Yeah, Fox you can 40. do Fox 40 if you want. And as high school seasons, as high school seasons get closer, I think varsity seasons are starting to kick off. Summer leagues across Canada. Pick up all your gear, fox40shop.com. Uh, use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Coaches, whistles, Sonic Blast, CMGs, whatever you need, they got them, fox40shop.com. Gear as well. Oh, man plethora of football greatness oh and we're not going to be on the air before this but if you are not watching the goddamn obi-wan kenobi series finale hold on hold on i am like two episodes back here i know i'm just saying this. i'm not spoiling anything i'm just saying the finale is on wednesday it's going to be like an hour and a half of ewan mcgregor slinging a lightsaber around if people are not watching this show (laughs) That is what that is entirely what our Thursday episode is going to be devoted to. It's not going to be a fantasy episode. We're not going to talk. Oh, we're recording on football. We are going to talk entirely Obi Wan Kenobi. Sorry, everybody. You're going to have to wait until Thursday afternoon for this one because we're going to record on Thursday morning. Oh no, I'm watching. We're recording Wednesday morning. I'm getting up at like five to watch this before we record. Oh my god, dude! Wow, I'm committed, man. Obi Wan Kenobi. I I will get up at ungodly hours to watch this show. It's crazy. It was so nice when I was in Vancouver because oh, Obi-Wan came out. Midnight. Yeah. It was like the, the, the premiere Obi-Wan was like 9 p.m. I was like, I can do that. Oh, I was up. I was up till like two watching that. <laughs> no, but no, no, I got lucky. Yeah. The, the Thursday episode will have Obi-Wan talk. So if you are planning to tune into that episode, be forewarned. There will be soft spoilers. We won't go into big detail, but we're going to be we're going to be talking about how awesome it was or how shitty it was, depending on which way this episode goes. Cause I could be very pissed off very easily, <laughs> but uh, I think that's all for this episode uh, at Connor, R. O'Neill at Wade Zank at CF perspective. Uh, once again, we will catch you guys week four at TD place for lions and red blocks, but uh, we'll be back on Thursday. We'll get our fantasy picks. Connor's uh, CFL pickums. We'll be back. Plus, I'll have a little extra rundown of Wade's wagers. So if you guys want, tune in for that. Also, go back and check out the breakdown from last week as Martian uh, DT talked through Danny Machocha's situation in Montreal. Go back and check it out. The more I see, the less I'm willing.